0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to Jacob. My name is Joe and I'm Jacob. and this is a podcast about Agile Life and Monkeys and this episode is going to be a very I suspect will be a very heavily influenced by Monkeys episode. Oh yes. Yeah, who's with us today?
1: Yeah so today we have Cheryl Tanzi with us Cheryl is an amazing person, coach of coaches. She brings great energy and ideas to the Agile community here in New Zealand and all around the world. Uh, Cheryl has also facilitated the open space part at the last Agile on the Beach conference. Uh, Mm. Welcome.
2: Kia ora. ora. (laughs) Morena. Morena.
1: Morena,
0: friends.
1: Uh, Cheryl, could you tell us a bit who you are, what keeps you excited and inspired?
2: Yeah, cool. Um, I call Cheryl Tōku Inua. Uh, my name is Cheryl, and I come from a, a really small, beautiful little beach town on the west coast of New Zealand called Raumāti South. Um, I quite like sharing that because it's, it's a really unique little place. Interestingly, um, friends of mine that we grew up together there, uh, have. I think there's something in the water there um, about <laughs> that place. Um, and people I find from that part of New Zealand um, have this quite incre- incredible nature to them um, that I feel very fortunate to have grown up there and and grown up not really wearing shoes for most of my childhood and <laughs> spending a lot of my time um, in nature and a very very curious very curious child. Um, so yeah, I grew, grew up on the west coast of of New Zealand and um, and it's interesting as you know you. Asking about what sort of excites me and what inspires me, mm-hmm. um, especially this work, I often find myself late at night sitting up, uh, working and thinking about this, this stuff, and and I'm and I'm always asking myself why I keep going with it because sometimes it can be really challenging, and I think back to all of the people in my career who have taken a risk on me. Mm-hmm. And have seen something in me that I possibly didn't even see myself at the time. And I think back and I'm so grateful to each of those people. I often try and um, keep connected with them and and remind them how important they've been for my journey. And it reminds me that the work that I do is to help others see the potential in their people um, so that more people can feel this. You know, growing up in a tiny little town. Um, at the bottom of the world, it could have been very easy for me to um, take a traditional path in, um, and not push my own boundaries, but I've gone and, and travelled around the world for the last six years studying people and culture and agile and coaching, um, and there's something that inspired me too, and it was because people saw something in me that um, that that really got me going. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess the, the work that I do is to try and keep that spark of um potential and belief in people going so yeah amazing so they would share to share that
1: (laughs) so so it sounds sounds like the people who who you met who uh, could see your potential and help you grow it seems seems like they were great coaches
2: great great coaches well i think interestingly some of them um they probably wouldn't call themselves a coach Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, quite interesting, is that they are people that um, recognise and see potential in others, and um, and give them an opportunity to prove that and to show that, and interestingly. That definitely would be um, a trait I would describe of a coach, but the majority of those people wouldn't call themselves coaches.
0: Mm. Oh, my God. The image that's coming to my mind is that there's some remote place in New Zealand in the wilds of New Zealand bush where wild coaches roam. (laughs) Where these, (laughs) you know, like just swing from the trees, come down and go, tell me about what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I believe breathe. in you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is that is that is that like the wild coach call, I yeah. believe
2: in you? Yeah. I see your potential.
0: <laughs> I see your potential. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. You're you're second gen analyst, aren't you? are
2: you are 2nd general fabulous gen, yeah, which um people often inquire. And, and try and and try and try work out what that means, which I quite like allowing them to go on that journey. Um, but it's, I mean, it's cool because it's, um, you know, the role of agile coach is a relatively new profession. Mm. And wow. to um, to be a child of an agile coach, so my dad um, was part of this movement, along with many others around the world, um, quite a few years ago. And he was, you know, I look at as kind of one of the pioneers and, and one of the people that probably absorbed um some of the hardest times of trying to bring this stuff to life in new zealand um and he was doing this well before it was called agile and so i've been gifted with um an, an entire lifetime of um of this level of thinking and these values and you mm-hmm. know my entire life works in an agile way um, as a result of that. So I feel really, for, um, it's also really cool. He's still, you know, practicing as a coach here in New Zealand. And yeah, so it's a really, really nice thing to get to um, take all those learnings and keep keep um, reinvigorating those, but with my own style and my own approach. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... We brought you here today to talk um, well, primarily because we're, we're doing this sec- uh, sort of a segment on Agile on the Beach, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you were you were a speaker, and you helped to facilitate the open space on Agile on the Beach. Um, and we wanted to sort of get to know, you know, the people that uh, put themselves out there to share with the Agile community, like, what are their passions? Um, you know, you, you talked about this work that you do that's really hard. And that your inspiration comes from um, the wild, agile commune somewhere in the back bush of New Zealand, <laughs> um, which is awesome. By the way, I just I love that picture so much. I, I won't be able to get out of my head for a very long time. Um, but tell us more about the work that you do, kind of in detail, so we can we can empathize a bit with um, you know w- how it gives back to you, but also um, you know where where maybe some of the struggles are.
2: Mm. Um. I still, while those wild, agile coaches, <laughs> um, <laughs> both here in New Zealand and also overseas, um, while those people have been my inspiration to do this work, the flip side of that inspiration um, has been working in environments where I've been incredibly controlled and managed. So, in, mm. in the flip side of that, so I, I find I, I find I've I, my, my my motivation also comes from working in a very, very um, hierarchical, um, limiting work environment. And and I remember being about, I think, 21 years old and I was working for a government department here in New Zealand and thinking, what is going on here? (laughs) Why, Why is it that the role that I do, I can't change one of the processes that I can so obviously see needs to be changed because it's, you know, literally having someone look at me and go, that's the way it's always been, that's the way it will always be. Go back to your seat and do your job. And going, this is crazy. Why? <laughs> so that, um I think on the flip side, having having that environment and, and then moving into the technology world, um, where my job as a project manager was to do that to others.
1: Right. Was to control mm-hmm.
2: them, was to manage them, was to uh, maximise every last drop I could get out of every person in my team, that was what my success mm. was measured on. And I just really, you know, that's the flip side of it is I'm very, very motivated to do this work to reduce that way of working and to, you know, bring to light why it's not a smart way to work. Um, and and thankfully, I've had inspiration from those people that have been great leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, I equally have had inspiration from people that were terrible leaders <laughs> because... Um, I know how that feels to be really mm. diminished and to um, to not feel liberated and so so I sort of take both sides of it and I actually tried to leave the IT world about about nine years ago um, I was I, I'd figured that it must be to do with IT and I had to leave um, and I actually went off and um, I was living in in Spain trying to figure out what my direction was in life and I came across life coaching Mm -hmm. And this was well before I really got my head into Agile. And I realized I wanted to be a coach. I wanted, you know, why would I want to break people down in the workplace when I could build them up outside of the workplace and help them recognize what they were passionate about and what they loved. And so I went down that journey of becoming a life coach. um, And it was only through another wild Agile coach who didn't know they were a coach, but an amazing leader who gave me the opportunity to bring my coaching in to run his it department mm-hmm. and again he saw cool. something in this and he he had some fantastic views around people and their role in the organization he just never had the tool or the frameworks to be able to sort of liberate them um and this is the opportunity i was hoping for to get to this theory that i had that coaching might be an amazing way to lead um, and get to teach the project managers this different way of leading so um that for me was was huge, and we you know we saw the results um You see them pretty quickly when people are given that space to self navigate and to you know work through problems on their own and um and and a belief that I have um I actually have a little sticky note that's obvious that I often look at to remind myself that the performance of employees will reflect the beliefs of their managers
1: right
0: mm, yeah, I like that.
2: And yes. and it, it just keeps reminding me that, you know, as a leader, your role is to believe in the people that are there with you. And if you don't believe in them, then either you need to do work to better understand where their, where their skills are, where they're passionate about something to get them going, or, or that person will forever struggle within your team mm-hmm. because you don't believe in them. And and it just shows up in everything that happens yes. in that interaction. Um so that was a, bit, you, yeah, a big part of it.
0: You used the word um, leader and leadership a few times there. Mm. Um, that's, a, that's a word that depending on, I guess, the angle that you're looking at the mountain could have a variety of different meanings. Mm. Um, and it's also interesting that you use the word leadership mm. to describe coaching. Mm. Because um, many people that I've talked to, um, and I even sort of, I, I play around with this idea as well, is uh, is coaching leadership you know, or is it sitting beside, you know, so when you say leadership, um, what does that mean to you on a personal level, but also how does that show itself? Like how does that uh, translate into a business term that uh, people that maybe aren't, haven't really experienced this yet can understand it?
2: Yeah. Oh, massive, massive question. Um, <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind and light with that is um. A leader is someone they want to follow mm-hmm. and that isn 't necessarily the the job title that they hold <laughs> sometimes we 're told yeah. to follow people um, but there 's something around you know it lines into that kind of compelling vision or something and and sometimes and, and that 's where I believe um, a coach is a leader because that coach can see something in you, that potential in you, that vision for what you could be capable of that often you've never, either you haven't had the time to like, maybe, you know, what is possible Coach allows you the space to take a look at what that could be. And I look at leaders in in the business world that when they set that vision, You know, some of the best leaders I have have the wildest visions and things that you go, that's not even possible, Mm. but they have this belief in that vision. They can see it and they share it so passionately with people that that people want to follow it. And and that's sort of, in my mind, a simple way of how I see it.
0: That's, that's, oh, I love that because um, to be honest, that's not something that I had considered before, but probably won't ever let go of now (laughs) uh, is this concept of a coach leading leads them to see themselves in a way that helps them find inspiration from themselves. So that, I mean, I, 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 it's so elegant. I love
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, My my mind was blown. That is amazing.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting. As you're sort of saying this, it's helping me sort of realize the leader doesn't necessarily need to go on that. You know, that's that part about the self sort of, you know, this is in a coaching relationship. It's my journey to go on as the person being coached. And the coach is holding that space open and seeing that vision, but they're not necessarily going, you know, different for an organization, perhaps where a leader is kind of leading the charge on that. But even still, I've worked with some amazing business leaders that have never um, gone that full journey. Perhaps they've left the organization or, but that vision still stays there Mm. for others to pick up. So I think there's something really cool that the leader sets that path forward but it's actually about the leader stepping back and allowing everybody else or the individual to kind of step forward on that path yeah
0: it's not binary is it it's not like i'm a leader so i lead it's actually you probably are just forever developing the skill between balancing between leading to follow yeah, sort of thing absolutely. yeah i like that
2: yeah
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. it's also but so i'm thinking now that the leader the the leader doesn't have to follow the journey with the uh, with the, the followers or with the people that they lead. Mm-hmm. But I think the leader needs to have their own journey that they follow, just a role model. So they have to have their own vision yeah. or their own that will help them to become a better version of themselves. Uh, I think that's that there is a lot of space for improvement, for growth. And they are on this journey with themselves.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I wonder if, like, using the words leading and following, the English language is a bit limiting our understanding of the topic itself. Certainly. Can we make up a word right now <laughs> that better describes that form of leadership? <laughs> mm.
2: The, I mean, I have all these words written behind me on my board because I'm working on some stuff around this at the moment. But there's, I mean, it seems it's a really cliche word, but there's something about that, um, that vision or that line of sight, that ability to be able to see something, um, and then actually step back because that's where I think that part comes in about seeing the potential in others to go on that journey. Okay. And I think if you're right, because following indicates that the leader has to go first and everyone stands behind them. (laughs) Um, but actually, you know, those true leaders get out of the way, they create the path and then they go, what do you need from me and for you to, to continue on that, that path. Um, so you're right. I think the word following is actually kind of, it's not right. (laughs) Mm
0: Um, I'm going back to my ship days and, um, there's, there's a, there seems to be a, a, a parallel between navigation and what you're talking about. The navigator isn't necessarily the captain, um, uh, at, but the navigator will um, inform what's in front of us, where we're going, how we're going towards it, and the rest of the ship responds from that information. Um, and so, it's, it's you know, they are looking forward. There is an intent set by someone else, but they're actually giving information that help people do their best work on the ship in other places to um, say, oh, if we're going that way and we wanna go in this other direction, we trust the navigator is giving us the right information. We know how to respond. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's quite functional part of a bigger picture versus like the tip of a spear sort of analogy, which I think a lot of um, yeah, older styles of management that I, not that there's anything wrong with being the tip of the spear, but I think what you're saying is there's, um, there's this alternative way of leadership. That's not necessarily what we would see in Hollywood movies, which is not necessarily what we'd see in hierarchical structures that is equally as effective, if not more so in some sort of mm. so.
2: Yeah. And it, it's interesting because there's, there's something there. If, if that is, you know, if you're going to lead in that way, um that's you know often when you need a completely different set of skills than what is in traditional leadership (laughs) um you know actually not being the problem solver anymore as the leader and enabling others to get really good at solving problems means you don't need to be at the Mm. front of the pack because the ones that are at the front of the pack that are um forging the path Um, they're really good problem solvers so if they hit a problem they don't have to go back to the leader (laughs) Um, but you know developing that in others um, is a real is a skill and that's where my belief around that's the role you know that's the skill of of coaching is actually to help others solve their own problems
1: and and it's so hard right you know being so so self-aware and having the courage to let go of knowing Mm. having all the answers Mm.
0: Yeah. Um. You. So. Um. You've done a lot of work from. Sort of on the project side before, in helping with delivery, and Agile is quite often associated directly to delivery. You've taken it in a different direction inside the organization, um, and you've been focusing a lot lately on human resourcing.
2: Mm.
0: So HR can you um can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: <laughs> um, I sure can, I just even the word resourcing I know. <laughs> It I makes know. my whole body sort of have a little uh, reaction. Um, i I guess that once you've been working within a part of an organization that is shifting to an agile way of thinking, being doing, it's amazing how quickly. Um, another way of being, doing, and thinking um, can can react to that. Um, and, and often yeah. I've been in organisations where we almost have this sort of bubble within IT of the way that we work and behave and all of the rest of the organisation is, is very, very different. And there comes a point where you need those people and they need you. You now have very different ways of operating. And one of the key parts I found as a coach within IT teams, working in an agile way, um, were the the ways in which the organization view people mm-hmm. and the structures and the processes and the tools and the limitations that are put in place around that um, kept causing headaches for me as a coach. And, you know, being the one trying to remove the impediments for the team, often those impediments were within the organization and often they were um, to do with the ways in which the organization viewed people. Yes. So after butting heads a number in a number of organisations with the HR team, um, I took a different approach and um, I empathised with them. You know, I, I spent some time and sat down and, and tried to understand where they were coming from. And all of a sudden I realised that uh, often our HR teams are not given the level of education around Agile that our IT departments are. They're often last off the rank to ever get that education. So they don't understand it, they don't really understand why it's there, and all they see is um anarchy yes. <laughs> um and and all you know h r teams are encouraged to hold structure and to protect the business from problems with people um, but interestingly, often in these h r teams they're filled with people people they're filled with people that got into their job because they love people, they care. They're usually great trainers, great facilitators, great conversationalists, um, and often great coaches as well. Um, So as I started to realize, we actually kind of want the same thing as an agile coach community. The HR teams were often wanting a similar world where we enable people and empower them, but we were going about it in really different ways. Um, So that was sort of, for me, I just saw as an opportunity to experiment. Um, And I started to teach HR teams um, often in in secrecy (laughs) (laughs) because there was this sort of interesting world where the HR teams almost weren't allowed to be seen as not knowing what was happening. They had to appear to know what was happening Um, and it wasn't really okay for them to ask for help, yet they were still being asked to strategically contribute to how we were going to roll out an agile transformation or how we were going to completely restructure the organisation in a squad manner or whatever it is. Um, So I found that having those conversations and helping them get their heads around what we were trying to do uh, meant we could start to show up and solve problems together. Um, And and as through (laughs) (laughs) crazy (laughs) concepts... Um,
0: it it cracks me up because you've taken an HR approach to helping HR (laughs) 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 these poor people they're not being helped they're not being prepared they're not being set up for success let's just focus on them for a while which is like you've meted the meta it's pretty good
2: (laughs) yeah and and the interesting part is once I sort of explored more around that and I started to learn what their challenges were um, it opened up a whole box of things um, in terms of Things that need to be quite seriously thought about because it is reimagining their world. You know, the way that they do things, the way they approach them, um, the structures that exist, everything they've been taught is really being examined and pulled apart. And so there there is this, you know, it really is um, a huge piece of work for any organization to rethink about all those areas. Once they're on the same page, you can work. You, know, you can bring everyone together and solve it together um, but there is definitely a number of our HR teams that need need the help they need the support so that's where I'm giving them some love at the moment
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and I can totally see that um, and I agree how many warm and uh, people are in HR they are full of care they want people to grow but somehow the system around them or the um, the traditions around them or um yeah the the mindset is not there and they just don't know how and and how to approach it um, and sometimes even i found changing the language from human resources to resources for human so getting them to think they're not managing human resources they are managing resources for human i think this can make the switch to actually what we should focus on
2: um, nice
0: so i that's all well and good, great. You make the life a little bit easier for those h r people that work somewhere in the company that I work for but let's let's pretend i'm an agile coach and let's pretend that i 'm an agile coach that works with squads exclusively software squads or, or teams or whatever, and they just deliver stuff, and you know we've got a group of people in in digital or in technology that uh, we 're just we 're just doing stuff that's not a big deal. Maybe some business people are coming and joining our teams to help us. Okay, great, why, do, why should I, as an agile coach, care about HR? And um, what are some, And if I did care, what are some opportunities that I could take advantage of to uh, engage mm. with? You?
2: Um, good question. Why would I care? My, from my experiences, I never really had to stop and think too much about that because pains I was feeling as a coach were so great <laughs> that um, I never had to sort of go, hmm, why might I want to go and spend some time with HR? Um, you know, I was facing challenges such as I have someone in my team that's been a BA, a business analyst for a X number of years. And now we're wanting them yeah. to do a bit of testing. They're actually quite interested in getting into development. And they've got some great ideas around design. Yeah. And I yeah. go, cool, as a coach, fantastic. Let's get you upskilled in those areas. We need some support in that team. And um, and next minute, I have HR coming to me saying, BA has asked for a raise because now they're doing work that's outside of their job description, <laughs> and we can't have that." <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going. Yeah.
2: But they want to do it, and they're excited, and we've got something to deliver. You know. And, and so that was, you know, first, first pain. Or, um, hey, look, the way that we've got our teams currently set up, they're all in silos. What if we experimented and shuffled Mm. them around? So we've got cross-disciplinary teams. Mm. Um, Next minute, HR are there saying you can't change them around because their reporting lines don't allow for that. Yes. (laughs) So (laughs) I found as a coach, I didn't need to go and look for reasons and challenges with HR, that they were coming at me um, (laughs) (laughs) at all directions. Um, And probably, you know, just those couple of examples are probably ones that other coaches can relate to. Um, and, and, you know, there's so many things it covers it's, you know, what is the style of leadership that we're encouraging in these teams? If HR take your leaders away to a leadership course for two days and teach them a whole lot of things that actually go against what we're encouraging them to do within the team. Um, there's another challenge for you. (laughs) You're going to try and unlearn some of those things that you've been sharing with them. Um, so what's, what's, yeah,
0: sorry. I was just going to say, what's the easiest way for a coach to um, start to build a relationship with HR if they're if they're experiencing some of the issues that you've described or or any others? Um, have you have you found that having a relationship with people in HR improves um, what's possible? Um, and what's what's the I guess the first step that people can try to do?
2: My my brain, the first response is, um, what was stopping you? Um, is is maybe a good way because there are heaps of different options you have um, but maybe looking at Mm. what's currently blocking you from doing it is a good way to figure out which Mm. option might be most successful Um, what I'm finding is often the HR teams don't feel safe or confident to come into the IT department and find out what's going on though they're very very curious so if you can Mm. tease that curiosity by offering them a safe way to either come and join one of your students uh, maybe offering them um, a, a free one hour you know they can come along and have a chat or um, you might observe something I, I know in one organization I observed something that was happening within IT that I thought HR would be really interested in and it was all around edu- you know oh, we yeah. needed to upskill some people so I actually took that to the HR team and said hey I've got um, a challenge would you guys be open to giving me some ideas about how we might go about it because you're the professionals in this area so actually looking at how can you how can you make it safe for them to come in and not only um listen and learn but give them an opportunity to contribute and you know you start to show that like iris that you have skills i don't and perhaps you guys could come and help us and perhaps we can come and help you um so yeah finding ways to to build that bridge
1: (laughs) and i guess also being curious about hr so being curious about what they do uh, for leadership, and what what their are current what their current focus is, and maybe offering some help.
2: Yeah. Totally, man. They you know they they need a coach and a facilitator yeah. more than anyone. Um, but again, forcing yeah. us in there and saying mm-hmm. I'm here to coach you. Yeah. Good news. Yeah. Um, may or may not work. Yes. Um, but offering it you know nothing better than to you know stand shoulder to shoulder and look at look at a whiteboard together and solve a problem together. But you know, that can be a really nice way to sort of bring them in, make them feel safe and do something together and get them curious. So that would be one thought I'd have.
1: (laughs) Awesome.
0: That's fantastic. I love love the enthusiasm that you have for a department within uh, an organization that's quite often Mm. invisible, forgotten. Um, Thank you for reminding us that um, they're actually the backbone of humanity in the organization or they're supposed to be anyways. They're the ones who actually care about me, about you, about anyone that's there and what our experience as humans are like.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, the and, and they have a lot of power.
0: <laughs> they do.
2: A lot of power, a lot they of control do. over things. They do. Um, and if we can su- work with them to design really good things for people within that power, um, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool stuff.
0: A lot of power, a lot of curiosity, a lot of potential for good, a lot of potential for um, being, uh, helping a company be more agile, more competitive in the market, just by focusing, which is your passion, on
2: people.
1: (laughs) 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 Awesome. Thank you, Cheryl. That was amazing. Thank you for sharing your inspirations and thoughts and what you're doing uh so if if there's anyone that would like to reach out to you and maybe learn a bit more or collaborate with you how they could find you
2: uh cheryltansy.com is my website it's a nice little simple site that you can get in contact and linkedin is also where i hang out a lot and share my thoughts ideas and um things that are happening in my world so those are two good ways to get in touch perfect
0: Cheryl that's C H E R Y L and Tansy, T A N S E Y
1: and we will put the link we'll put the we'll link also the have a link yeah.
0: yes well thank you very much Cheryl it's always oh, a pleasure to and talk it's
2: to so you. nice to get to bounce um ideas and thoughts with you guys um, and my hope is just you know let's let's help the people um, and unlock that potential that is sitting within all of our people and all of our organizations across Aotearoa. Um If we can start doing that, we have, I believe, the opportunity to lead things um, in a way that no one else is doing it in the world. So I support what you guys are doing, and um, yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Oh,
1: wow.
0: Let's end the episode with a with a, while, uh, uh, in a wild agilist a wild angelist call from the trees and the wild bush of the I see your potential call. I love it. So in three, two, one. I see your potential. I see your potential. In,
2: you're gonna do it on a kiwi. I see your potential.
0: I see your potential. <laughs> see your potential. Awesome. <laughs> Thank
2: you.
0: Thank you guys.